Good morning. Welcome to Stone United Methodist Church. I'm Reverend Kendra Ballier, and I'm so glad that you're here this morning on the second Sunday in Lent. And we have some wonderful things to share with you. First of all, March starts this week. I know, it's hard to believe. And I think it's going to be coming in like a lamb, so you know what that means for Easter, right? Yeah, I know. The new upper rooms are in also, so they're at each entrance. You are welcome to pick one up today and take it with you for March and April. And as you were coming in, uh, they, we have some welcome to worship um, cards. If you are new to our congregation, you are welcome to put your name and your number, your address, email, you could check one of the boxes, and as we're passing the offering plate today, you're welcome to put it in. On the opposite side, we also have our prayer request cards. You're welcome to put a praise or a, a, uh, a request that you would like to have, and um, you can check the box. This is for me only, or it, this is for worship and prayer ministry. So you are welcome to pass or take one of those and put those in the offering plate too. Um, and then this week, we don't have any meetings except for the preschool this week. Uh, but the next week, we have some meetings coming up. So just a reminder that SPRC will be meeting not this week, but next week, the first week of March. It's hard to believe we're saying the first week of March already. But I am so glad you're here today. We are going to continue on with our journey of the stones. And so if you would please join with me for the call to worship, I invite you to stand or to stand in spirit and join with me. Lenten travelers. Who is this Jesus that we follow? What kind of Messiah is Jesus? How does it feel to follow a Messiah whose teachings and call are so hard and uncomfortable? Lenten travelers, we are not alone in our feelings about following Jesus as our Messiah. And it is a hard road. The blessing is that we do not travel it alone. Our opening hymn this morning is number 261, Lord of the Dance, 261.
if you join with me now for the prayer of confession that is found on the screens or on the bulletin on your phones. Come, let us turn to our Lord, who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Let us pray. Holy friend, our God and Savior, we have talked much about faith, yet have been slow to take its risks. We have lauded forgiveness, yet have been miserly in giving it. We have praised truth, yet have fudged our own integrity. We have extolled love, yet have placed conditions on our loving. We have urged hope for others, yet have ourselves lived with cynics. We have honored Christ's cross, yet have avoided our own. Most faithful God, please deal with each according to our individual betrayals of the gospel we, we espouse. By your spirit, enter the secret caverns of the soul and there expose, judge, counsel, cleanse, and reform us. Forgive us repeatedly, we pray, until forgiveness is such a part of us that it may become a way of life as we, as we deal with those around us. In the name of Christ, our Redeemer, amen. Today's sermon calls for looking at the Psalter. And so if you're comfortable, you can use the screens or you can turn to page 839 in the back of your hymnal, which is Psalm 118 through 14, 14 through 29. And that's 839 through uh, 840 in the back of the hymnal if you want to follow along that way. Starting with our response. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become my salvation. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. And our response this is the day of the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And our response, this is the day this Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God, who has given us light. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. And our response, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad.
you may be seated and the children are welcome to come forward. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. I want to ask you about cornerstones. Do you know what a cornerstone is? You might be able to figure it out since it sounds kind of like what it is. What, what's a cornerstone? Nope, cornerstone, C-O-R-N-E-R, -E corner. What is a cornerstone? What do you think it would be used for? Well, it is for holding, but it's for holding up. Buildings in the old days, they used to look for the most solid and strongest stone you could think of and use it for the corner of a building. And so the cornerstone would have a lot of the weight of the building on it because it would be holding two walls, right? and everything else that's up on top of those walls. Now, do you think a building like this might have a cornerstone? It does, it does. Now, along the way, people thought it would be a good idea to start putting things on cornerstones, like maybe the date that the building was built, or over here on the, on the annex, we have a cornerstone on the annex too for when the annex was built, and it says Thoburn, and it has the date on it. So cornerstones are kind of important. Now, if we were going to select a cornerstone, we'd wanna make sure we got a good one, right? And if you ever go to like an old, old barn, not one that's made out of cement blocks, but uh, one that has old field stones that they use, they would have picked the biggest stones they could find to be the cornerstones because they were holding up the entire weight of the barn. And what else goes into a barn? Do you know? What else? Animals, that's right. What else? Hay, that's right. So your grain would be stored probably up above. Well, that's gonna add a lot of weight to your barn. So your cornerstone can't be one that's going to like and fall apart once it gets a little weight on it, right? Okay, so let's think about this a little bit. If we're using a cornerstone for a building, can you, do you ever hear of somebody else that might be called a cornerstone? I mean, who would be the one that holds everything up? Who do you think holds everything up? In, maybe in your family or something like that. Who would be the cornerstone of your family? What do you think? Oh, Jesus, that's right. Now, the psalm we just read, it talked about a cornerstone. Did you, did you hear that when you were reading it? Did, did you hear them mention the cornerstone about halfway through? And the cornerstone was rejected. Now, why would you reject a cornerstone? Why do you think you'd say, eh, not that one? What do you think? Too small. Well, yeah, too small. What if it was like chipped or falling apart? You probably wouldn't be able to hold up, but maybe if it had a crack in it. Yeah, it would like fall apart, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd smash, that's right. So we would want a cornerstone that held together. Now, if Jesus is our cornerstone, is he too small? No. Is he cracked? No. So sounds like a pretty good thing to build a church on, maybe even our lives. Now, did you know he was rejected? Did you know that? People rejected Jesus. That's why they hung him on the cross. That's pretty bad. Yeah. So what do you think happened after all of that happened? They hung Jesus on the cross. Then what happened? Do you know the rest of the story? He 
That's right. He died, but he came back to, that's right. He came back to life. He conquered death. That's how we know we can build our lives on Jesus. Do you ever let anything get in the way of Jesus? Nope, not at all. What if you had a ball game today instead? Oh, okay. What if you had a fishing tournament instead? Oh, okay. What if you had a sleepover instead? Uh, there's all kinds of things that gets in the way of Jesus, right? Okay, now if we stop and think about that, then we're carrying around stones of burdens again, sins, weights, and we know what we need to do with those, right? We need to turn them over to Jesus and say we're sorry. So come pick a rock. I've got lots of rocks in here. I've got a flatter rock, a rounder rock, all kinds of rocks. Go ahead and pick one. You want that one? All right. What else? Go ahead and pick whatever ones you want. Okay. All righty. All right. Now, if you had to carry that rock around all the time, would that be a problem? Yeah, it's a good thing that we have a strong enough cornerstone to hold all that weight of our burdens and sins, right? Yeah. So you think you can pray with me today? All right. Put your hands together. Bow your head. Say, Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus and making him the cornerstone. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You guys are all old people, right? All old. I know you're old. Here you go. Here you go. And here you go. All righty. Have a good time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for our tithes and our offerings. We have four ways that we give. One is online, one is on your mobile device, one's by texting, and also by the offering plates. And we do this to show God how much we love them, so love him. So it's time now for our act of gratitude.
Lord God, you are so good to us, and we are so grateful for the things that you give us. In this time of Lent, Lord, we, we recognize that we fall short way too often. But Lord, you are always faithful, and for that we are grateful. So we give back to you today a portion of the blessings that you've given us. We pray, Lord God, that they, they are pleasing to your sight. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Today's scripture is going to be coming from the Gospel of Mark, Mark 12, 1 through 12. Mark 12, 1 through 12. Hear these words. And he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a pit for the wine area, wine press and built a tower and let it out to the tenants and went to another country. And when the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from, the, from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent them to, uh, them, to them another servant. And they wounded him in the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat, and some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The very stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner, and this was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they tried to arrest him, but feared the multitude, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them, so they left him and went away. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, in this place today, we read your holy word. I pray that you speak through me and in spite of me today, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that we hear your voice clearly and we live into this building of the church as you are the cornerstone. Build us up, Lord, and then send us out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I want to share today about being the cornerstone, the rejected cornerstone. And you know, I, th I think probably a lot of us know what it's like to be rejected. Oh, sometimes it's by our own doing. We might feel rejected or maybe even dejected if we didn't put the work into something and things didn't turn out as they planned. But we might feel rejected if we did put work into something and put our all into it and it just still wasn't enough. You know, a project that you were working on or maybe a... a committee that you've been working on and working on and working on and you get to that final point and all of a sudden it's just not there just people aren't accepting what what was seen 
oh, well, maybe you have gone for an interview and you didn't get the job. And you might feel rejected then. Maybe you didn't get that phone call to come join some of your friends. And I imagine that some of our younger kids could tell us very well what it's like to be rejected. But they can also tell us what it's like to be accepted. I'll talk more about that in a minute. There is a story that I want to share with you today. And it's about a man that has, that many of us maybe lived through this time period of what he had done that was so horrible and then acted out because of how he was treated when he was younger. Dobson writes, his life began with all the classic handicaps and disadvantages. His mother had been married three times. His father died a few months before he was born. His mother gave him no affection, no love, no discipline, and no training in those early years. She even forbade him to call her at work. Other children would have nothing to do with him. And at the age of 13, a school psychologist commented that the boy probably didn't know the meaning of the word love. During adolescence, the girls would have nothing to do with him, and he fought with the boys. As a young adult, he failed academically and then dropped out of high school. He joined the Marines, but other Marines laughed at him and made fun of him. In time, he, he was court-martialed and thrown out of the military, military. When he eventually married, his wife belittled him, ridiculed his sexual impotence, and ultimately divorced him. Finally, in silence, he pleaded no more. No one wanted him. No one had ever wanted him. He was perhaps the most rejected man of our lifetime. Then, one day, he arose, went out to the garage, and took down a rifle he had hidden there and brought it to the newly acquired job at a book storage building. And shortly after noon, on November 22nd, 1963, he sent two shells crashing into the head of President John Fitzgerald Kennedy. You see, the most rejected man of perhaps our time was, of course, Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, if you stop and you think about that, that's horrific. And there were so many steps along the way that might have changed Oswald's whole life. If we take a step back and, and we look at if we take a look at the Old Testament, there are so many times in the Old Testament that we are told over and over that when the Messiah comes, he's going to be rejected. Psalm 118 was one of those today. We know that Jesus was going to be killed. We know that it was by the hands of his own people that he was to be killed. That his own people had rejected him. Now, if you are a reader of the Gospel of Mark, you know it is the shortest of all the Gospels. But you also know that at this time, Jesus had made quite a few enemies by speaking truth. 
speaking truth to power, speaking truth to those who are following him, speaking truth to try to get hearts to change, to change towards God and the people that God loved. Jesus himself had done all that. He had gone across the grain, if you will, of what these Pharisees and these scribes had believed that he should be doing. Now, I will tell you that there were some Pharisees and scribes that did end up being followers of Jesus. We'll talk more about that in the next couple weeks. But know this, the majority of them had had enough of Jesus and they wanted to do something about him. It was time for Jesus to go. But they also knew that the followers that had been coming with him, coming to see him, they wouldn't have put up with Jesus being arrested right that moment. They knew that Jesus was becoming a cornerstone and one that would hold up the whole world. They weren't willing to take Jesus when there could be a revolt against the Pharisees for taking him in. No, no, they had to time everything perfectly so that they knew that this cornerstone would be taken away. Many of forefathers of theologians, if you will, Augustine being one of them, Augustine tells us that if you take his pyramid of six, take six things in your life that you love beyond anything else that you could not do without. Six things. I'm sure some of you would name Jesus. Some of you would name maybe your children, your spouse, maybe your parents. Maybe your job. Maybe the, the sunshine or a flower or the sound of a child's voice. Oh, there's all kinds of things that we could put on that top six list, right? Take a moment in your mind and come up with six items that you love and could not do without. Now, you all have your six? Now take two of those away. Are you able to pick two? Now you have four things that are more important to you than anything else in this world. Well, that's pretty good, right? I'll take two more away. Uh-oh. Now it's really starting to hurt, isn't it? And it's funny how we take these stones and we carry them around with us. These stones put up walls, too, and keep us away from the cornerstone. Now you're left with two. Take one away. Now, most people won't ever experience having to lose all of those things, but if you're left with one thing, Augustine would tell you that that is what you worship. Some of you might be going, ouch, that's painful. Because somewhere in there I took Jesus away. Mm. And I realized this little tiny stone wouldn't be enough to hold me up. But you see, in my life, 
There have been times where I have over and over and over again put sin's preferences in the way of Jesus Christ who ultimately was holding me up and holding me together. You see, we all do that in some way, sometimes without thinking, sometimes deliberately putting things in the way of Jesus Christ, putting things in the way of what Jesus wants for us and wants from us. Jesus taught us that we are to put him first. And when we put him first, the one who was the servant of mankind and yet the Lord of Lords and the kings of, King of Kings taught us how to serve one another. And by serving one another, we serve him. But so many times we put our own wants and desires in the way. Right now I'm teaching a class on what it means to be a servant for Jesus Christ. And to be able to serve the church. And I teach that class on Sundays at 1230. And if you're wanting to become a member of the family of Jesus Christ, this is your invitation. To take down these walls. Take down these barriers. Stop carrying around these stones that are holding you back. And lay it at the foot of the cross today. Get rid of that burden. Remember Jesus told us that his yoke is light. That he's able to carry our burdens and he did that while hanging on the cross. Remove those from your soul today. Give yourself the grace. Allow yourself to accept the grace that Jesus Christ has already given to you. Come today with this heavy burden and lay it down at the foot of the cross. Come today with that heavy burden and wipe it away. And, and if you have trouble with the steps, that's okay. I'll lay it down for you. Just bring it up or give it to one of your neighbors to bring up for you. Because that's what family is, folks. Even if you can't make it up here, somebody here will be the hands and feet of Christ for you. And carry your burden for you to help you put it down at the foot of the cross. Let us pray. Lord God, we do make so many barriers in our life. Sometimes barriers are things that we create ourselves and sometimes it's just a happenstance of circumstances. But regardless of what that is, Lord, you are the cornerstone and from you we are to build the walls of the church. Not just the, the physical building, Lord, but the, the church, the universal church here on earth. In this kingdom that you are God and Lord of lords and King of kings. As we examine our own hearts today, Lord, help us to release these stones, these sins, these burdens. And help us accept the grace that you have freely given. And we pray this today in Jesus' merciful and holy name. Amen.
So today, I'm going to go over the joys and concerns. Our hymn, I don't recall what it is off the top of my head, but there it is. Christ is made a sure foundation. It's in the hymnal number 559, or it's on the screen. But I will stand here this morning, and if you need help putting your stone down here, I'm glad to do that for you. If you still need a stone, I'll bring my bucket of stones up here, or you can get one at either entrance of the, of the sanctuary and bring your stone forward, and we're going to lay that stone here, just like we've done every week. And then afterwards, I will pray. But release yourself from the burden you're carrying. And do this in Jesus' name.
Let us pray. Lord, it is a good and joyful and wonderful thing to be in the house that you have built. It is a good and wonderful and joyful thing to be able to unload the burdens that we carry around with ourselves on this journey of stones. Lord, today I desire not only for myself, but for all that are here in the sanctuary or within reach of hearing my voice, whether it be through the television or Facebook or YouTube or whatever device you might have. I pray that we are able to release these burdens that we carry around with us and to build ourselves up on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I pray, Lord God, today as we approach the day of the resurrection, we remember today that we are releasing ourselves to you. And as we release ourselves to you, we do it with joy because you had given yourself so freely and paid the ultimate price. And we know that you overcame death. Today, there are loved ones that are still dealing with cancer, sickness, monetary problems heart problems, loneliness problems, discontentment problems, or grief and losing a loved one. Today I pray that the merciful power of you who is the great physician that not only do you mend the physical bodies of these people, but you mend their souls most importantly and first and foremost, that they are able to submit to you as we submit to you today as our Lord and King. While Lent is a time of drawing nearer to you, O Lord, there is a huge element of hope in it too. And we sometimes need to realize that our only hope that we truly have is through the blood that you shed for us and through your body. Continue to remind us, Lord, as the days are getting longer again, remind us of your glory that your light sh continues to shine. As the temperatures are warming, Lord, may our hearts be warmed as well. As the daffodils are starting to poke above the earth, Lord, may we reach full bloom in you. We pray this today in Jesus holy name, as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I pray, ladies and gentlemen, that this relieves some weight from your hearts and from your souls today. As we sing about where our faith is built, it's in the church's one foundation. 
Jesus Christ our Lord, number 545, the Church's One Foundation, 545. That's the hope, right? That we can run the race. And it's hard to run a race with a burden of heavy weight around your neck, isn't it? So today, if you're going to run the race, and I pray that you all are, make sure you do it on a sure foundation. Make sure you do it on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Make sure that you can build on that instead of loading yourself down. And go out and serve the Lord in the best way that you possibly can. It doesn't have to be something great. 
It doesn't have to be front page news. Just be kind. Be loving. That's how the church builds, folks. Love one another. Just as Jesus has loved us first. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated.